Hello, ladies, and welcome to Zion's Company of Women podcast. I'm Lana. And I'm Courtney. Yay, it's great to have you with us here today. Hello, Courtney. I am currently in the corner of my 14-year-old son's office. And literally in the corner, my <laughs> husband was able to set this up because the uh, the road work people decided to park outside our driveway this morning mm-hmm. and start to break up the road. And I thought that that kind of pulsating, breaking concrete sound is probably not the right sound for our the background of our podcast. <laughs> right, right. It never, it never ceases to amaze me that kind of stuff that happens whenever we're getting into, I always know it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good session. Like it's going to be a good one when right. crazy stuff like that starts to happen. So I'm here for it. I'm sorry that you're in the corner of the room, but I'm excited to see what God does today. Yeah, I am too. And look, I have room for my Bible on my lap and I have a tiny corner of a shelf that's big enough to hold my coffee cups i think we're good (laughs) priorities are in line lana priorities are in line there (laughs) that's right it's divine alignment isn't it (laughs) yes it is oh my friend how was your day did you have a nice day today was good today was good i went and i got a massage today so if i look a little oily that's because i came straight from there to here uh but it was good it's uh just the time for me to kind of um, rest a little bit. So I love getting to do that and then coming into this place. Cause I feel like, ah, oh, body's rested. Minds are fresh. Let's go. So I'm yeah. it was a good day. Yeah. That's good. How about you? That's good. Other than being in the corner of the room, how's the day? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's like, what time is it? It's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I am partially caffeinated. My children are settled. And I'm sitting here with one of my favorite people about to talk about one of my favorite books. So it's hallelujah (laughs) (laughs) so if you're watching on youtube please forgive my old christmas tree and um boards that are back here in the corner this is this is remnants of what happens when uh you know a tornado hits your house and certain rooms are being there's a whole attic area that's been uh they've had to pull everything out so it's just finding spaces here so we're just it is what it is lana it is did you say it was a christmas tree yes yeah right there Oh, see, it's well, it's July, so it's, it's Christmas in July. There you go. Half-time. And I have a little thing up there of like my son's, you can see the, the little corner of yeah. Elijah's painting up there. So this is real life. We are not going to be yeah, stopped. Just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we will stopped. not. No. And I'm, I'm excited to get into uh, chapter five today because, you know, chapter four, I think was a huge that was a huge one. I remember we finished, we wrapped the podcast on chapter four and, you know, finished the recording and both of us just kind of sat there and looked at each other like, whoa, yeah, that was something. Um, so, you know, the Lord's really been moving through this just very powerfully. And, you know, the last time when we left off, it was at the point where the Shulamite has relented to his love. She's agreed to be the bride. You know, she's saying, fill me fully with your spirit. Um, and we kind of left her there. So I'm yeah. so excited to see, because this next chapter I feel is is very real. And I think yeah. that there's going to be a lot of people, I know I've identified with it a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of people that really identify with some of her, I don't know, her journey, her struggle, whatever you want to call it. 
that comes in this next chapter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you and I, we've had conversations this week, haven't we, around the Song of Songs and how even in other spaces, like the Lord just keeps bringing like the Song of Songs, like back to the Song of Songs. Like it's just, it's such a a powerful book whenever you read it. But right now I think the Lord is like, he's so breathing upon her process, like her journey and what we glean and learn and and what is revealed to us through her journey, I feel like more than ever. So I'm really excited to dive into this. I think it's yeah. going to be really good. Um, yeah. Do you want to start off, my friend? What's like, what, sure. where do you want to start? What's drawing you? And well, just... yeah, I, I love that. I, you know, I think in this chapter, we really start to see her, the bride, testing what relationship looks like. <laughs> testing what salvation yeah. looks like in this and at this point. And, you know, just to give a quick recap of, or not recap, but a, a quick glance at the first couple chat, first couple verses of chapter five, you know, it's Jesus talking and he's talking about, you know, how he's gathered from her heart. She's his equal. Um, he's gathered from his garden, all these sacred spices. He's tasted and enjoyed his wine within her, talking about his spirit within her and the way that he's, you know, moving through her. Um, all the fruits of his life he's gathered from within her, and he even calls her his paradise garden, which is just absolutely beautiful. Um, and then he goes on to talk, and he says, like, come, all my friends, feast upon my bride, all you revelers of my uh, my palace, feast on her, my lovers, drink and drink and drink some more till you can take no more. Drink the wine of her love. Um, my life within her will become your feast. And so, um, you know, up till that point, it's really a beautiful in my opinion, picture of what it, we are as the, as the bride supposed to look like, what we do look like to the world, what Jesus looks and thinks of us when he presents us to the world that, you know, we're this beautiful garden and we are here to, <laughs> as a, as a place of refreshing, as a place of nourishment for those that are around us. Um, and that's, you know, I was reminded of that even today, even in going and doing the things that I took care of today, um, just the Lord kind of stopping me a few times and saying, like, you're here today to minister to someone. You're here today to give. And uh, it's not always that way. You know, there's times where it's just simply rest. But today was one of those days where I was reminded that, um, you know, we carry him and so many people in this world need that. And they don't always read their Bibles, but they read their Christians. So it's, it's really a, a privilege to get to be reminded of who we are in that space and how Jesus looks at us in that way. And it's not disapproving. Yeah. He's so happy to present us to, to those that are in need of him or wanting to know him. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I was reading... Um, about this particular scripture and in um, one of the things that I read might have been by Brian Simmons, um, but it said that where um, the Lord says, um, like, you are my paradise garden and he had written, like, you are his Eden. And I was like, oh, that's just beautiful. It just doesn't that, it, it just, there's such a depth there. Like, oh, my gosh, you are his Eden. And then even the words that are used, like my life within her will become your feast. Like that word feast, like I look at that and I think, wow, feast doesn't, 
speak to me of just like crumbs. It speaks to me of lavish and abundant, like his life that is within her will become your feast. Like it just, again, I agree, Courtney, it reminds us again, not only how he sees us, but who he is in us and that privilege Mm -hmm. we have. Yeah, like for others to come and feast on his life within us. Like that's, yeah, that's just beautiful. Yeah, knowing it is. That's part of you. Wow, wow. Yeah. Again, it's another one of those really confronting. um, I I think this book is. I think it's pretty confronting, honestly. Like, you know, it's it's a loving confrontation. It's being confronted with love and with abundance, and that's one of the fastest ways to make things that are not in line with him come bubbling up to the surface. So, if you've you know struggled at any point to listen or to read you know, you're not alone. This is sort of the way that, that this works. You know, I think that it's part of how he washes us is, and you can see it the way that he washes her with the word over and over and over again until she, you know, relents and receives. And then that becomes the way that she thinks of herself too, um, which is a big shift. Yes. Yes. And that, and it reminds me again of those words that she was conquered by love. Like, every time every part of her process like as he washes her and watches her with his word there's just this continual conquering of of love of his love uh, over her heart that is just stunning and i want to look at this um scripture in verse two i always found this really interesting for me um just even the way this this scripture is written you know after this i let my devotion slumber but my heart for him stayed awake. And I was like, that's a really interesting scripture. And I, um, I did some reading and I want to share this with you, ladies. Um, again, it's out of the sacred journey uh, by Brian Simmons. And it says this, I let my devotion slumber. Even in her weakness, she couldn't deny her heart. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, anyway, I'll, I'll talk about that in a sec. But my heart for him stayed awake. Her heart has been awakened to love. As she lies in bed, the Lord Jesus draws near. And it goes on. It says, I had a dream. I dreamed of my beloved. He was coming to me in the darkness of the night. The melody of the man I love awakened me. I heard his knock at my heart's door as he pleaded with me. And Brian goes on to say, so where she had a dream of her beloved and the melody of the man I love awakened me, Our king comes unannounced in the night seasons to speak his heart to us, awakening us from our slumber. I heard his knock at my heart's door. The bride is now sensitive to the voice of the bridegroom. He comes to her knocking on the door of her heart. It is the voice of the beloved that knocks on her heart's door. He pleaded with her for he longs to take her through a new door in the spirit, Revelation 3, 8 and verse 20. This new door, if opened, will lead to a new revelation of Jesus in her life. Oh, as I read that, just this this picture of the night season and the way that Brian has written it here, that as she lies in bed, the Lord draws near and he comes um, unannounced into the night season and what does he do he speaks his heart to her and awakens her from her slumber like uh, sorry 
he speaks his heart to us and awakens us from our slumber. And again, it just, I think in one of the other episodes, Courtney, we've, um, we've talked about just those night seasons and how sometimes they can be quite really difficult places, but they're actually the places where he comes and he speaks. Like his heart here, as I look at this, and I say, wow, like her heart stayed awake. So her heart has been awakened to love, but she's lying in bed and then he draws near. Like in that place where even when like her devotion has slumbered, like he draws near and he doesn't come like cranky and, you know, whatever. He comes with, with again, his words of love and no mistake, right? No mistake for any word that is written in scripture. I love that the Passion Translation uses the word as he pleaded with me. Like that word pleaded, like doesn't that shout from the rooftops the love of, of the bridegroom? Like it, so it communicates the ferociousness of like I am longing for you and relationship with you more than you could ever imagine. And mm. in this particular scripture, she has let her devotion slumber. Like all the perfectionists out there, right, where you go, I've got to get everything right and, and, and he's all good uh-huh. and he's happy with you. No, no, no. Like even when her devotion slumbered, her heart was awake, but her devotion has slumbered, he comes and he draws near. Like I just, I really feel like somebody needs to hear that today. Like the Lord draws near in those places. He's not cold and standing off on the side. I just think those two scriptures are just beautiful. The way that it demonstrates that. Well, and the faithfulness, like that's the faithfulness of God. And I think that that's something I was, you know, we're getting ready to join you on Whole Woman in a couple days and something I've really been thinking on and chewing over lately just the way that um, the way that we see the Lord matters, the the filters through which we filter Him, and the way that He treats us or thinks of us, like that impacts things. Um, and and what I think one of the biggest benefits in reading this book and reading the realness of this right here, like this is this is real. I don't know anyone that's walked with the Lord for an extended period of time that hasn't felt that yeah. at that point at at some point in their walk. Um, and so there's such a grace in that, you know, there's such a grace in a, and, a uh, leaning in on the faithfulness of the Lord that he, you know, like you said, he's not grumpy, he's not angry, but he pursues, um, there's such a peace and a rest in that as well. And it just, um, you know, I just want to add like a, a personal little story to that too, Lana, because, um, years ago for me, uh, I had kind of come to a point in life where there were a lot of areas of life that really were not doing so hot. Um, I kind of call it the great unraveling. (laughs) And I say that lovingly because it was really the Lord kind of unbinding me from some things. Um, but there was a lot of heavy stuff going on in my life at that that time. And I remember one night, um, I went to bed and I was 
woken up at some point in the middle of the night to the sound of a garbage bag, like shaking open. And I remember I rolled over and I thought it was my husband. And I thought in my mind, like, what is he doing taking out the trash at 1238 at night? Now, I don't know how I knew it was 1238. I was just one of those like in between sleep and awake things. But mm -hmm. it was very clear in my mind. I remembered it. Like the morning when I woke up, I asked my husband, I said, were, are you okay? Was everything all right? What were you doing with the trash? And he looked at me like I was nuts. And he was, I said, <laughs> you were taking out the trash at 1230. And he's like, no, Courtney, I was asleep at 1230. I came to bed at like 11. And I said, oh, okay, forget, just never mind. <laughs> I, <forget laughs> anything. I kind of knew at that point, I was like, all right, Lord, we're going to have to, you know, hook up on this later. So when I got some time to sit with the Lord and ask him about it, I said, what on earth was that? What happened? Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he said, Luke 1238. And I grabbed my Bible, I was sitting by my bed and I grabbed my Bible and I remember thinking to myself, like, please don't let this be like some sort of like thou shall not or so-and-so beget so-and-so like, and is there even a Luke 12, 38 to begin with? I just hope I'm like yeah. hearing correctly. You know what I mean? So I grabbed yeah. my Bible, I opened it up and there is a Luke 12, 38, by the way. Um, <laughs> and it reads, he may appear at midnight or even later but what great joy for the awakened ones whenever he comes. And I think my heart like sank down, not in a bad way, but I think my heart just kind of dropped because that was so specific yeah. coming at midnight or even later. And when I thought I heard it, it was 1238, just, just after midnight. Um, and immediately from that point, I went into a vision and I saw Jesus in the doorway of my bedroom and he had a trash bag in his hand and he was bending down, picking up pieces of trash off my floor. And he said, Courtney, I'm taking out the trash. And yes. that was that was a marker moment for me in my walk, in my understanding that his pursuit of me was not going to stop. His love was not going to stop. And he was not deterred by the trash or the things in my life that needed him the most like he was going to come through and he was going to take those things with me and we were going to deal with them we're going to deal with them together um but you know it really was for me a picture of love kind of flushing that out so there's this beautiful picture in this verse too of devotion of slumber and of being awakened and the bride you know linking in with with what we just talked about there in in uh in luke and you know, Lana, I know we need to move on in, in the passages here, but I just really feel like this is a really strong message for right now that the Lord is leaning in heavily on the fact that he's coming back for his bride. Yes. He's, he's, that's, that's who he's returning for. It's, it's not, he's not, he didn't, he didn't die and tell us that he was going to go away and prepare a place for, you know, just the teachers or just the pastors or just the prophets. He goes to prepare a place for his bride. So there is an element here in this that's so focused, you know, it's so clear that, it, yeah, I feel like he's shouting, like, pay attention to this. And, and that's part of why I love this verse in particular, because it is so relatable, but it's also so beautiful to help us get that filter right on how we see him, that we're seeing him in line with his truest nature, that the, like, I love this line here, um, the melody of the man I love awakened me. Like, <laughs> oh come on. That's some like Jane Austen stuff. Like, are we watching right. Pride and Prejudice yeah. here? Like, this is next level romance type, <laughs> type stuff here. It's just fantastic. It's, 
it's so, uh, it's so faithful and so true. I just, I'm undone. Yeah. Yeah. It just, every part of it just shouts and announces his love and it shouts and announces his delight, like his delight in, in, in the Shulamite bride, you know, mm-hmm. and like you, I love that you shared that encounter, Courtney, because that is, it, it takes it to another level that when we're in those places where there is, there's mess and you feel, you know, entangled by things and everything just feels everywhere and it's one of those, you know, really messy seasons. It's actually messy, yeah, but it's beautiful. And I remember numerous encounters that I've had with the Lord and he said, he would say the words to me, Lana, I'm not afraid of the mess. Lana, I'm not afraid of of all the stuff. He said, you know, while you were yet a sinner, I died for you, right? Like in the biggest mess that you were in, right? I, I leaned yeah. in, I, I came down, like I, I came and I, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And I just, I love that you jumped on about filters. I think because Courtney, like that is so, so true. The way that we see him, it affects everything. It affects how I walk by faith. It affects what I believe. It affects um, what I believe about myself. It affects how I live my life. And so if I am, again, I, I feel like, Courtney, every episode we dive into, we have the, um, these anchor points of every episode that we keep coming back to, but it's because they're anchor points of this book, I believe, like the faithfulness of God and, and anchoring into that place of, if I am truly seeing this as it is, that he comes to me in the darkness of the night, you know, the melody of the man I love awakened me. Like if I lean into that place of delight, there is such healing, there is such freedom, there is such uh, empowerment that comes into that place that brings me, uh, how am I saying this, further into the reality that Jesus Christ truly is my life, like he is my life source. And and like it says in Ephesians 3, like that let the root, uh, sorry, let the love of God be the root and source of your life. Like that has to be my root. That has to be my source, that no matter my season, no matter my mess, no matter the foxes in my vineyard, right, like in the places where I hide, he will lean in and he peers through the portal of my soul, right, to see the blossoming within me. He says, will you catch the troubling foxes? Let's do it together. All of these um, examples lead me to this place of being completely undone, that he is so faithfully committed to me and to our relationship and to um, seeing me and having me see him and this place of I want to continue to conquer you with my love every day of your life. I just, I have no words. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like we always get to the point where we're like, I don't know what else to say. Sailor, what more do you want? Like, yeah, yeah, well, and it's there is such an invitation. Like, as we go on and and read this, like, I want you to picture the Lord 
as he, because it says here at the end of verse two, it says, I heard his knocking at my heart's door as he pleaded with me. And he goes on and now it's Jesus talking and he says, arise, my love, open your heart, my darling, deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? There is no one else but you, my friend, my equal. And there's such a pleading there. There's such an invitation that Jesus is desiring that that we that we receive more and more of him. I think that that's probably one of the most scandalous things about Song of Songs and about this type of love that absolutely offends religion because religion says you must go and do, but relationship says sit and receive. So that way, the out the byproduct of that is that you go and do. Um, that, but I love this part because he goes on and he's pleading and he says, I've spent myself for you throughout the dark night. Like you can tell that he is absolutely, her devotion has slumbered. Her, her heart for him stayed awake, but the devotion slumbered. And then he's coming to her. And this is a picture, you know, the next couple of verses here, three through, or oh, sorry, two is very long. Two and into three is, is really that picture of Christ going to the cross. He's in, he's in the garden space and he's pleading and he's calling. This is his passion. You, me, the bride, this is what he did it for, you know? Um, and I, and I love it because it goes into verse three and now that the bride who's now called the sleeping bride, which I think the church has actually been in this place for quite a while. Some of us have been in the body have been sleeping, but there is a great awakening happening. But she says here in verse three, she said, I have already laid aside my own garments for you. How could I take them up again? Since I've yielded my righteousness to yours, you have cleansed my life and taken me so far. Isn't that enough? How many of us have felt that in our walk and in our relationship before where there's that, that invitation from the Lord. And yet we feel that place of shame or guilt to say like, how could I take any more? He's given, she's yielded her, her righteousness for his, she's taken on his garments. She's taken on his, he's cleansed her. And she's like, what more do you want me to do? Like, isn't that enough? Why do you want me to take more? Um, and then she goes on to say, my beloved reached into me to unlock my heart. The core of my very being trembled at his touch, how my soul melted when he spoke to me. My spirit arose to open for more of his touch. As I surrendered to him, I began to sense his fragrance, the fragrance of his suffering love. So I feel like, you know, a lot of us kind of, we come to this point in our walk many times where do we want more? Do we want to receive that invitation or what are we going to do? Yeah, that's really good. And it's the place, isn't it, of just being in over my head. Like I can either, like I can allow those things to kind of keep me where I am or I can, I can accept that invitation and I can go in deeper than I've been and in over my head. And there is this... Um, I feel like there is this place, Courtney, where you we read things like this and, you know, how isn't that enough? You know, you've cleansed my life, you've done all this stuff, but yet there's more. Like there's this place in the invitation where you just, there is a, how am I seeing it? It's like a crazy, like, surrender 
that happens that I am I, I just lose control of it all. Like I get to the point where I am, you know what I mean? Like I am so that happens to me every day, Lana. <laughs> Lost control of everything. <laughs> right? Like you, it just talk about being messed up. Like it it absolutely like his love and the way that even it says here the very core of my being it doesn't say was happy like when he at his touch it says trembled like those mm. words to me communicate a level of undoing by his love and a level of transformation and encounter that impacts every part of me like nothing yeah. is left untouched and mm-hmm. that is what I feel like is the heart of the beloved. Like it is the heart of Jesus. Like he wants to consume you with his love to the very core of your being. He wants every part of you to be completely conquered and saturated by his love. Every part of you, nothing left untouched that the very core of our being would tremble at his touch. And I love that it says how my soul melted when he spoke to me. Like, like those moments, you know, I remember as a 16-year-old girl sitting on the floor of my bedroom, <coughs> excuse me, cold floor, crying out to the Lord to speak to me. <coughs> Sorry. And... Um, and, he, and hearing these words, I love you, yeah. changed my life. Changed my yeah. life. It does. It has a funny way of doing <laughs> that, doesn't it? Yeah. I yeah. think the next bit of her journey is interesting too. Like what happens next? We've talked about this before, Alana, and how so many of us can encounter this kind of what happens next to her at times um, in our walk so so she's she's yielding but then she says i opened my soul to my beloved but suddenly he was gone and my heart was torn out in longing for him i sought his presence his fragrance but i could not find him anywhere i called out for him yet he did not answer me i will arise and search for him until i find him as i walked throughout the city in search of him the overseers this is where it gets interesting The overseers stopped me as they made their rounds. They beat me and bruised me until I could take no more. They wounded me deeply and removed their covering from me. And I just wanted to know, because I know what I think about that, but I would love to hear you articulate your thoughts on on that verse. Yeah. um, (coughs) Excuse me. My throat has decided to play up on me. (laughs) Okay, so just bear with me. Um, okay. Yeah, when, I, when I've always read this, to me, this speaks to me of the religious. It speaks to me of the religious spirit. And I, I like that it says I will arise and search for him until I find him. Mm-hmm. And that, firstly, that place of, desperation that says wherever he is like I need to find him like wherever like it doesn't matter where he is I just I need to find him and then to the next verse straight after that is and then as I walk through the city the overseers stopped me as they made their rounds and they beat me 
and bruised me until I could take no more. And then they wounded me deeply and removed their covering from me. And when I read those scriptures, I just hear the religious spirit. Like I hear yeah. the, the squashing that comes um, from the religious spirit to that level of desperation that says wherever wherever he is, like I need to find him, whatever it looks yeah. like, I am desperate. I'm going after it. I'm not staying in the box like I'm going to find him. And so to me, I think, um, yeah, that really speaks to me of that kind of, yeah, religious spirit that kind of tries to contain um, that level of desperation and that level of, um, yeah, just searching for him um, yeah. no matter what it looks like. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think you nailed it particularly, you know, just that religious spirit or when, when we go and we look for him in the places where we think we're going to find him and, um, the ones that are there don't receive us or they don't know him. And so what, what happens sometimes, not, not all places, but there are some places and some people that it's happened to where they go looking for Jesus and they don't find a friendly, um, place. And that is very sad. Um, it's, it's hard to think about. It's hard to experience. Um, it's hard to know that sometimes it still happens. Um, it's especially when you like, let's, let's put this side by side with the way that Jesus talked about the bride earlier in the chapter, as he's calling out to the people saying, come and drink from her, drink deeply from her. Like she's, we're sent as nourishment. You know, we're here as nourishment for the nations. Like where it's a feast. And yet she goes and looks and this is what she finds, you know, she's not only just received, she's beaten. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think it's a very solemn kind of somber moment to look at um, that sometimes um, some of that hurt can happen in those places that are supposed to be a place of refuge or they're supposed to be a place of discovery or finding him. Um but I see what we see happening in her in the next verse is in verse eight, where she says, nevertheless, yeah, all this stuff has happened to her. And she says, nevertheless, because she's encountered him. She knows him. She knows his spirit. She knows his nature and the trueness of who he is. Nevertheless, make me this promise you brides to be. If you find my beloved one, please tell him I endured all travails for him. I've been pierced through by love. I will not be turned aside. And that's the result of relationship. That's the result of knowing Jesus and knowing who he is and receiving his love for us. Is it, that's the kind of, <laughs> that's the faith that you find, yeah. you know, the Bible also yeah. says that faith works by love. Yeah. And so it's a powerful thing, very powerful thing. Yeah, I, I love that. And even listening to what you're saying, Courtney, it reminds me of um, chapter four was such an incredible chapter on the Lord is just speaking over her, right? Like how satisfying you are to me. And like it's just like this one after another of like like just love bomb devotion of like <laughs> ferocious, like passionate declaration of, how much I love you and this is who I see you and all of those things that we journeyed through in chapter four. And now I look at, at 
what we just read in chapter five, you know, from uh, where she has um, been wounded and then as you read on. And I think I can't help but think how amazing that before she entered into this time, that chapter four, it's like the Lord set her up and gave her these, um, you know, like completely just gave her all of these declarations of truth of this is who you are and I love you and all of those things that I just like to think carried her through this whole process of chapter five. Like I just, I, I just keep coming back to this picture of how sometimes, and I'm going back a little bit, but I'm just feeling this really strongly. Like when we go through those kind of dark seasons, like the dark nights, and then there is those places where we can feel like we've been mistreated or we feel like we're a square peg in a round hole, like all of those things that it is it is the voice of the Lord and it is the revelation of his nature and his love for us that carries us through those times. And I just I, I just had to make that comment, um, even though we kind of went a little bit further forward, um, because the Lord, when we go through those dark times, he doesn't just go, oh, well, hope you survive, like, good luck. Good luck. Like, yeah, right? Like, hope you make it through. It's his prophetic word that will give you the um it like it's what carries you through it's it's your yeah. weapon like your intimacy and the the rhema word that he gives you that helps you and carries you through and i'm just i i need to pause on this for a sec because i'm i'm feeling this really strongly um just to share this very quickly a number of years ago the lord speaks to me ladies very clearly in the shower right whether it's because I am on my own and my children are not mom every two seconds. I don't know. There's, I how, need to speak. How do you work that one out where they don't yell at you while you're in the shower? You yeah. Send me your tips, <laughs> your tricks. <laughs> um, and I'm, yeah, I'm in the shower and I hear the Lord say to me, Lana, you are about to enter into the dark night of the soul, but don't worry, I'll be with you. And uh, ladies, my immediate reaction was, I rebuke that. I, like, help me, God, I'm not about to go through the dark night of the soul. What even is the dark night of the soul? Anyway, it was the Lord, and he was preparing me for what I was about to walk through. I was then catapulted into the darkest night of my life, not only stuff where I was dealing with internally, like the Shulamite was kind of de dealing with things, um, but there was also a level of warfare that I had never experienced in my life. Now, the reason mm -hmm. I tell you this is I'm just feeling it really strongly to encourage you that that word that the Lord gave me before I entered in was what carried me. And, yes, there were many other words as I continued to go through that season. It was literally I would hang on the voice of the Lord literally hour by hour like the level of torment that I endured, the only th the only place I found peace was this place where I would say to the Lord, what are you saying right now? And he would speak to me and i go, oh, okay, it's life to me. It was like a fresh breath and this peace would fill my soul and my heart for about an hour and then the torment would come back again. So back again to the Lord, what are you saying? And I just, I know it's diverting a little bit from where we were going, but I just felt that, so strongly just to say to you 
today, if you are listening to this podcast and you're in that place where you're feeling like I'm in darkness um, or I have pain or hurt from how I've been treated or, um, you know, right now I'm just feeling like maybe even my devotion is slumbering, I want to again communicate to you that he is close to you, he is leaning close to you, and that his word, his voice, his delight in you will carry you through this season and to encourage you to continue to lean in, even if it's like me, hour by hour. Okay, Lord, what are you saying right now? What's your word right now? And hold to it um, because he's not distant in those times. He's not withdrawn. He's actually like, you know, yes, we may feel like he's a thousand miles away and we may feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm in this dark wilderness time, but it's in that time that we lean in and I believe we're carried um, by his voice. And I love that even Brian Simmons defines um, the wilderness. He says it's the place where he speaks. So I just wanted to just quickly drop that in there. It was burning on my heart for somebody that's listening, um, that the Lord is with you in the, the midst of that place. He's with you in the midst of that, that darkness. Mm. He's, not, he's not pulled back. He's actually in a place where he's leaning in and he's speaking. Mm. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. No, I'm just I'm just receiving. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful, Um, Lana. Where were we? Um, let's see. Jerusalem maidens, bride to be. They're asking her, What love is this? Can't you find another? <laughs> How could you continue to care so deeply for him? And then they go on to say, "Isn't there another who could steal away your heart?" And she, they, they, we now we see now your beauty more beautiful than all the others. What makes your beloved better than any other? What is it about him that makes you ask us to promise you this? Yeah. And this, I think, is the way that we are actually—I shouldn't say actually. I think this is one of the ways that we are meant to share and evangelize. Yes. It's that there's something different about you. There's something different because of who you have, because of the relationship that you have with Christ and the way that he speaks to you and loves you. There is something different about you. And so you need to get used to that, that you will carry that wherever you go. People will be drawn to that and they'll be drawn to you. And they will probably ask you what's different about you. Why is this Jesus so much better than anything else? Um, And I love her response here, Lana. She says, he alone is my beloved. He shines in dazzling splendor, yet is still so approachable. And if you were, like we were talking about earlier, if you were one of those, are one of those people, I think sometimes we all kind of wrestle with this at different points, but where you're not sure if you're seeing the Lord in this light. Like if there's things that have, especially religion, we mentioned that earlier. If there's things that get in the way that kind of gunk up your view of him, take a look at the, at the next couple sections of her, of what she's, she's going to say here. Cause she's describing Jesus. She's describing the way that he is. This is his nature. This is part of what she's laying out. She says he shines in dazzling splendor yet is still so approachable without equal as he stands above all the others outstanding among 10,000. The way he leads me is divine. 
his leadership so pure and dignified as he wears his crown of gold. Upon this crown are letters of black written on a background of glory. I love this part here. He sees everything with pure understanding. Oh there's, such there's such compassion in that line, like mm. such compassion. How beautiful his insights without distortion. His eyes rest upon the fullness of the river of revelation flowing so clean and pure. Looking at his gentle face, I see such fullness of emotion, like a lovely garden where fragrant spices grow. What a man. Like she says that. I'm not just saying that. She says, what a man. So like, hold on here. No one speaks words so anointed as this one. They both pierce and heal. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I feel that one. They both pierce and heal words like lilies dripping with myrrh. Uh, I could, do you want me to keep going? Cause I feel like we could keep going. She's just talking about him. Like see how his hands hold unlimited power, but he never uses it in anger for he is always holy displaying his glory. His innermost place is a work of art. So beautiful and bright. How magnificent and noble this one covered in majesty. Um, can I share another dream? Do we have a time for me to do that real fast? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember when this one was. It was actually it was more recently. And it was during a time when I was, again, kind of coming up against some of this religious stuff that was going on. You know, sometimes religion has interesting ways of presenting itself, kind of feeling like you're constantly having, what's the thing that I'm supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be praying about this? What am I supposed to be going after? And it can just kind of feel like you're doing, like you're just kind of continually grinding. And I had gotten to a point one night where I was absolutely exhausted, like mentally, emotionally, physically. I sat on the bed. It was really late. And I just prayed and I was like, Lord, I need you to speak to me. Like, that's all I could say. It's just, I need you to speak to me. And I knew when I laid down, I was going to have a dream. It doesn't always happen that way, but I knew this night, it's like, I can feel it. I'm going to have a dream. Went to sleep, had a dream, woke up and I was in this temple and I knew where I was. I was in the temple of the Lord's heart is where I was. And there were all these beautiful places for you to go and sit. And they had these beautiful stones and all these different things in these different areas. And I knew I knew that each area was, was significant to something that was unique about the Lord. And there were people walking around in there that were walking around inside of his heart. And they had, they did not comprehend where they were. Like so many of us have been in times. And this one person was walking by and he was like, I don't, I don't see what's so special about this. It's just a place. And I remember at that point, I spoke and I couldn't, I was sobbing in my dream, but I was explaining to this man. I said, no, no, this is the Lord's heart. I said, you can go and sit in any one of these areas and you sit there and you receive until you've received all that you need. Wow. And I remember waking up from that dream and it was just exactly what I needed because in the, in the push that we sometimes get into in life and just in general, Lon, if there's when you need something from the Lord, and even if you just want to go and sit and linger with him for a while, that's what he wants. He wants, yeah. there's absolutely no separation from us and from him. There's such that invitation, invitation into that place of just being inside of him and resting there. So when I read this verse in verse 14, where it says his innermost place is a work of art, so beautiful and bright, 
every time I read that verse, I think about us being in his heart. Like he is in ours and we are in his, and that's exactly where he wants to be. And it's beautiful. So if, if our vision of him is anything less than that, then there's something that love wants to do there. There's something that he wants to heal. Yes. You may giggle at this, Courtney, but when you started speaking, I um, I had this vision uh, just flashed in front of my eyes and I saw um, I saw Jesus and he sprayed, he had a spray bottle in his hand and he sprayed what looked like glass and he just had the biggest <laughs> smile on his face. And then as we were talking, do you know what's coming? I see these wipers just going back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. And I could hear it like when I turn the windscreen wipers on my car, right, when I'm driving, I could hear that sound as you were talking. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, the Lord, it's absolutely true. Like that word that you spoke about the filters, like that, I believe, like that's what God is doing right now in this episode. Like I feel like there is a clarity and a cleansing and a this is who I am like for you and this is who how I see you and there is this washing away of how we see him. And, and I love what you just shared about that dream. Like even as you were sharing it, I felt the, the weight of that invitation. Like it literally dropped as you were as you were speaking, and I'm like, oh my goodness! Like I could feel the wooing of his heart. Like ladies, even think about the picture of Courtney's dream. Like people walking around in the heart of the Lord. Like I, that is my my passion is to see women and daughters of God and the body of Christ live in a place of such deep intimacy that you recognize that there is a place that is reserved for you, a private place in the heart of the Lord for you to go and sit and receive whatever you need. Like he is the answer. How often do we say, oh yeah, Jesus is the answer and we can, you know, it rolls off our tongue. But being in his heart, living in that place of his heart and his adoration and the revelation of his nature and the nourishing and strengthening and empowerment of his voice, that is truly life. That is the root and source of our life. Who Jesus Christ is, the cornerstone, founded upon him, the one who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Like that place, no matter what I walk through, that's where I live. Mm. Like that's where I deeply live. My roots are founded in that place. And the invitation never, uh, there's never a closed sign on the door. Mm. Sorry, not today, busy. Like it, there's always this place of invitation for us to draw near and to linger. And Courtney, I just I love the way that you continue in. I see it in in everything that you do. The Lord extends invitations through you continually, through what you share, the way you carry His heart, the revelation He gives you that brings people into this place of rest and and healing and permission and just tangible encounter with him in such a deep place of intimacy. And I wanted to just jump on what you said because um, 
what really struck me, if I can just go quickly back to um, where the Jerusalem maidens say to uh, the Shulamite bride, like, what love is this? You know, isn't there another who could steal away your heart? Like all of those things that you read, Courtney, and what really strikes me is this. She's in a time, she's been in a time of testing, or she is in this chapter, she's in a time of testing, and yet her perseverance and her devotion, like her, her drivenness to find him, is actually a, a testimony that is, is causing others to go, why would you keep looking for him? Like, seriously, he's left you. Like, where is he? Like, why would you continue to go after him? Like, really? And it is absolutely, I see this, this perseverance, if I can go right back to where we started in... Um, in verse 2 where it says my devotion slumbers but my heart for him stayed awake like that place she is driven by the place of being conquered by his love like her heart is driving her and she she's like desperate and I just even when you shared your dream Courtney I just I felt so strongly I'm like wow there is a I can feel him breathing in this episode to clear away the stuff, you know, the, the way that, that we may see him that's not right. And there is this breath of God that is is breathing upon you, ladies, right now to really encourage you that even as you walk these seasons, even as you go through your process, that he is like there is a testimony that he is really through your life as you continue to look for him. And I, I saw also, um, I, I, I had this vision and I saw the hand of the Lord and he lit a match and I, I said, Lord, what are you doing? And I feel like I just want to speak to those of you right now that may be listening to this episode and you say, well, Lana, like I'm reading this with you and I actually don't actually feel like I have that place of desperation and perseverance that the Shulamite had, like she's desperate looking for him everywhere. I used to have it and I, I, I don't know, I just don't have it anymore. And I just want to release over you right now, like just the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would just ignite that fire again, Lord, that you would ignite um, hearts again with the revelation of your love, the revelation that you are speaking such delight over your daughters, that you are conquering them afresh with your love. I just kept seeing this activation of um, of first love fire, that he's reactivating and igniting your heart afresh, that where you may feel like I've been like the, the, like the uh, Shulamite and I feel like I've been beaten and misunderstood and all of those things that the Lord is reigniting your heart right now with his love, that there's a healing that is flowing right now um, as he conquers you afresh with his words of devotion and adoration over you that, that never changed. He's so delighted in who you are and who he created you to be. You are not a mistake. You are perfectly crafted by the hands of the Lord and he loves you fiercely. So we just bless you with that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Well, my friend, final thoughts as we land chapter five. My goodness. I just 
you know, I love the way I love where you landed that, Lana. And I, I just keep looking at the last verse here where she says, if you ask me why I love him so, O brides to be, it's because there is none like him to me. Everything about him fills me with holy desire. And now he is my beloved, my friend forever. And there's something special about that friend place with him. That um, That's one that makes me cry every time. <laughs> and it's just, I, I love this. And I love the invitation that he's extended today. And I love the way that you have just poured grace out over us. Like I felt, I felt my body relaxing. I felt that just that ease and that, that grace, because again, that faithfulness that he has to just continually reach out and continually invite is it's him. It's who he is. It's wonderful. It really, it's life changing. Hey, never the same. Yes. Never, never. Never. Ruined forever. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Conquered by love again. Like, yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, so good. Well, ladies, I know Courtney and I are going to go and say la in this moment. <laughs> we are going yes, to we are. soak up all that the Lord has done right now. It's yeah. just that's such a sweet, I can feel such yeah. a sweet, tangible presence of his heart for you. Yeah. And it's always such a joy to sit in this space with you every week. And uh, I know for both of us, for Courtney and I. Likewise, my friend. Life of our week, right? It is just, it is such a beautiful place. So thank you for joining us again for another episode of um, On Zion's Company of Women podcast. We will see you next week for chapter six. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness. Crazy. So good fun so good there's more to come have a great day lovely ladies thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time bye we hope that this podcast has blessed you and we have been blessed by bringing it to you today if you would like to see more of what zion's company of women is about please check out our website zionscompanyofwomen.com we pray that your day is blessed and may you go forth in joy and peace